Welcome into the Yachts and Audibles podcast post-game edition, the final Pac-12 championship game. Final Pac-12 game. Yes, ever, uh, as we know it. And I hate saying that because this is the end of the Pac-12. I don't care what the Pac-2 does. This is the end of the Pac-12. And, boy, did we get yet again an instant classic that, unfortunately for Oregon, Ends in yet another three-point loss to Washington. That's three straight losses to the Huskies, two this season. Yep. All three of them by three points for a combined nine-point total margin of, of defeat to the Washington Huskies. Um, a game in which, quite frankly, Eric, I feel like Oregon is incredibly lucky to even yeah. be in the game in the final four, couple minutes of the fourth quarter based on how the first half was played. And, you know, Oregon did score – what was it like 21 straight or something like that Twenty-one straight to, to end up getting the lead back. But this was a game in which the stats kind of show it. The, the length of the totality of the game kind of shows it. Oregon played from behind and I don't want to say they were dominated, but they, they struggled to be in this game. I'm probably going to use more expletives on this podcast <laughs> than any other one. Cause this was really fucking disappointing. I'll just use it, use one right off the bat. Um, I, they just lacked the fire early, and, they, yeah. and the fact that they were down the way they were down, it didn't necessarily matter what happened after. And then they fought back, and it was encouraging to see that. And of course, you want to see your team show some resiliency. And it felt like for a sequence there, they might win the game. They had a lead, you know, late in the third. They took that with, like you said, three straight touchdowns, and Washington was held without any points. But you got to be tired of this if you're an Oregon fan. This is. Not 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 even losing in big games like this, but losing to this team in the in fashion manner. that you're losing is three straight losses by three points in two seasons. Like, if you're if you if you're a big supporter of this program, you should be really mad and really disappointed right now. I like I think we do a pretty good job on this podcast of being level-headed and being you know understanding of the context around everything. But don't get it twisted. This was a really special season yep. that Oregon had put together. We talked about it on the previous podcast. Only the fourth time in school history with 11 regular season wins to drop this one. We talked about it in the walk into the press conference that really alters the way this season will be looked at. There's a chance this was going to be maybe the greatest season in program history. Maybe in that tier, when the same ones of the teams that have made the playoff right. played for a championship, you lose this game. You don't get a chance for that. You lose this game. You don't get a chance to win the conference championship. They did the final conference, the final championship. one. You lose this game. I don't think Bo Nix has very much of a case to win the Heisman trophy. Um, you lose this game, and, and now you're going to go play in a bowl game where, it, based upon Bo's comments after the game, and I asked him about it, I don't think you're going to have him in that game. So um, this just changes the tenor so much. And I think the thing that is it hurts a lot is the momentum is going to stall really the momentum, quickly. Well, and the, and the, the, I think the thing for me is that it's so unexpected that the momentum stalled tonight. Yes. With just the way they've been playing with such dominance and such a complete effort game in, week in, after week. And the way Washington kind of stubbed their toe, I just was really unexpected that they got down the way they did. Again, impressive that they rallied. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to try to put a lips, lip, uh, lipstick on the pick here. This just stinks if you're an Oregon supporter. This was not the outcome you wanted. And to Matt's point, if you want to get big picture, yeah, this stalls some momentum. This can this will be used on the trail. This will be entering the Big Ten with a totally different um, talking point and narratives than had they won this game. So um, while you want to say, hey, great, they, they played – they played well enough to make it a one score game and, and lose to an undefeated team that's really, really good. I think you come out of this one just feeling really bummed out. I don't think there's any other way 
to feel it. And that's I just mean, how it played out. I don't, I, I'm going to apologize to the UW player that said this post game. And I don't even have the full quote in front of me, but what really, I think what, what, what for Oregon, like against Washington, the first time around last season, yeah, you know, the feeling of it was, Hey, Washington got lucky. Oregon had that injury to Bo Nix. They had to kick the field goal when they were about to score a touchdown. They had the turnover inside the five-yard line. Mm -hmm. Washington got lucky. Oregon's going to win next year. Just you watch. And then they go up to UW, and, again, they have the lead. They have the fourth down play. They kind of outplayed them. They kind of outplayed them. They didn't get the win. And, you know, Washington got lucky again. We, you know, we just slipped, and that really changed the momentum of the game and yada, yada, yada. Well, I – it was a Washington defender, and I, I apologize for not remembering who it was, but yeah, he came to the mic, and it was one of the last questions he said while we were writing on the press box. We were listening to the press conference, and he basically said, like, we've beaten them now three times in a row, and the, the, the people have said that they're a better team, and that Vegas had, had them as a heavy favorite, and we've beaten them three times in a row, and it doesn't matter. We've won at, at, at their place. We've won at our place. And now he said, we've won on a neutral field. It doesn't matter anymore. They can't talk. We, we are better than them. And unfortunately, if you're an Oregon fan, you have no talk back now. Yeah, this there's, was, no, there's no ammunition. Yeah. And you may feel like Oregon is the better football team. And you may feel like they've got the better players. And, you know, if, they, if this team plays 10 times, they – they will win more than five of them. Well, guess what? They, they, they don't play 10 in a row and see who, well, who's really the best team of this one combination of Oregon and Washington. This team has played three times. They've lost three times now to, to Washington. And Oregon doesn't have much to say to the, probably their bi- their biggest rival. Moving forward, definitely their biggest rival in uh, yeah. the Washington Huskies. And it changes the entire tenor of the season, as, as you said, where – I agree with you. I think this is Bo Nix's last game. He yep. sounded very emotional. He talked a lot in past tense. Uh, he he deflected the, the the question that you asked him um, about it, uh, which look he was going. I was do- I was expecting yes. a deflection. I just wanted to see what the deflection was. Exactly. Exactly. That's, we why, were that's why you ask a question like that. We we were expecting that, but everything he said seemed like he's done, and to the point of it changes the entire tenor of this season. It, let's just go down that rabbit hole of. This is Bo Nix's final game of his career. Hell of a career. I think he puts himself in the top tier of Oregon quarterbacks to ever play this position, meaning he's right there with Justin Herbert and he's right there with Marcus Mariota. In my opinion, he'll go down as a top three QB uh, for, for the Ducks. Yeah. But his 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 time at Oregon ends with a loss, and they now go into a bowl game where we don't – Jeff talked about it, Jeff Bossa. He's like, there's going to be guys that pull out mm-hmm. and don't play in this game because they're going to go to the NFL. There's going to be guys that pull out and go into the portal portal on Monday. And then he said, and there's going to be guys that are going to be fired up to play in this bowl game. I take it he is one of those guys. Yeah, it Um, certainly sounded that way. Yes. But now Oregon's going to go into a bowl game, probably against an opponent of the quality of Ohio State or someone similar to the Buckeyes. A very good opponent. And they might not have a quarterback. They might not have a couple – key skill guys like if I'm Troy Franklin why do I play in this game Bucky Irving probably Bucky Irving, play in this game. why are you playing in this game and all of a sudden that's just three of your most you know three of maybe of your five most important players on offense and probably three of your seven most important players on your team and that bowl game the that experience what could happen in that game could be nasty could be bad and 
Oregon loses the you know their season ends with a Pac-12 championship loss to Washington for the third straight time, and now your bowl certainty doesn't. You don't know. You don't know what it's going to be like. It, maybe Oregon comes out and plays inspired football and plays really good, but there's also that possibility because of sitting out and guys going pro and guys going portal where it could get real interesting and it could change the entire tenor of the season. I, I think 11 wins is a huge accomplishment. It, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's only happened a handful of times. It's only happened a handful of times, but this game leaves you feeling sick as you put it as a duck fan, because look at how they lost three of 10 on third down. Washington went 10 of 15 on third down. Oregon's defense could not get off the field. And then secondly, Michael Penix had a good game. He he threw for 320 and a touchdown. He did have an interception. Um, he completed one percentage under 70%. Mm-hmm. He had a good game. Um, that was expected, though. I, I think he probably played like a B-plus level game. He didn't play absolutely lights out dominant, but he played good, had some bad moments. But 152 yards to Dylan Johnson. Yeah. Player of the game. Player of the game. Two games now this season. Oregon's allowed a 100-yard rusher. He's done it both times. And to your point, the way the game started and the way Oregon couldn't stop the run all game long, super surprising, super shocking, super disappointing because this team has been really good out of the jump pretty much all season long on both sides of the football. Um, They've only had like one or two really poor first quarters. Mm -hmm. And all season long, they've been really good against the run. And both things – we're not clicking for Oregon. And that's in the biggest moments, in the biggest stages against the biggest opponents, you can't have that. And that's so surprising. Yeah. I was going to say, I think going into this one, I don't know if we talked about it in our podcast, but I did a bunch of other podcasts, did a bunch of radio hits and people asked kind of like, what would happen? What would have to happen if Washington were to win? I said some outlier things mm-hmm. and I didn't bring it up. I thought it would be a bunch of turnovers, a bunch of penalties, Oregon, failing to convert in the red zone, which they actually did a good job of this time. They went for it on fourth, by the way, we should know, right at the end of the first half, just just like they did the last time. Last time they didn't get it, this time they did. So there was a little bit like, oh, maybe that's a positive sign. But it was the lack of ability to stop the run. Just Dylan Johnson felt like, I mean, even on the the final meaningful play of the game, like Oregon had a chance to get the ball back with 15, 20 seconds to go maybe. Probably weren't going to win it, but you get a couple. You get a chance. You give yourself a chance, and Dylan Johnson runs for thirty yards or whatever it was, eighteen yards, and and, and it seals it. So um, that to me was the part that was disappointing, and it was on both sides of the ball. Oregon was outplayed on the line of scrimmage. You go, you mentioned Dylan Johnson, Bucky, Bucky, Bucky nine had, carries, twenty yards. Yeah, Jordan James had five for thirty-five and a touchdown. He didn't touch the ball until the second half. He seemed like the more explosive runner. Now a lot of this, I'd have to go back and watch the film and see what was happening in front of him, but. Um, now I'm, sound, now I'm sounding like Dan Landing saying I need yeah. to go watch the film. But that's that's having watched the game, it felt like Jordan James gave you a better chance than Bucky Irving. Oregon, and we look, I, I brought this up on the podcast, and I brought it up on Duck Territory multiple times this week. Oregon's run game, something with like we talked about Michael Penix, like the whole country has talked about Michael Penix not being right going into this game the last couple of weeks. Something's not right with Oregon's offense and, and their run game. Um, and you look at what they did tonight. You eliminate the 44-yard scramble that Bo Nix had, yep. which was clearly a pass, and he just decided, oh, no one's open. This whole left side of the field's open. I'm going to run. Um, you eliminate that play from Oregon's rushing totals, 19 carries, 84 total yards rushing. And the 6.2 yards per carry average that they had this season or this game drastically drops. Yeah, it becomes about four per, for, per play. And yeah. that they have not run the football – effectively the last couple of games 
and I think it's finally caught up to them and hurt them. I mean, they it was very clear Washington said, we're going to take away Troy Franklin. He was targeted 11 times in this game, had just four catches, and a total uh, the long was 12 yards, 34 total receiving yards. And when they take when, when they took away Oregon's number one threat to catch the football and really push the ball down the field, Oregon's offense became very limited with what they could do. Tez Johnson had that big 51-yard uh, reception. Uh, Treshawn Holden late in the game. I think it was 39. The, yes, 39, sorry. Uh, Treshawn Holden had the 63-yard touchdown catch, which is an amazing play, by <sighs> the way. Great play. Um, Kept him alive. Yes. But – you eliminate the 39 and the 63-yard plays, and Bo Nix probably is around 180 throwing the football on, on 19 completions. And when, you're, when your passing game doesn't click and, and they're just a, a, a tick off, you have to be able to rely on running the football, which at points in this game, Washington was not throwing it well. But what did they have? They had Dylan Johnson getting five yeah. yards every single time on first down. Oregon did not have that, and it finally came back and bit him. I wanted to rewind a little bit to talk about the Bo Nix and where he st- stacks yeah. up in history conversation. Just to the final, the point I wanted to make on that um, before I forgot, we don't talk about it, is what differentiates Mariota, what differentiates Herbert, is conference championship wins, yep. the big bowl wins. Mar- uh, those guys both each won conference championships. They won a bunch of big bowl games, both won Rose Bowls. That's not going to be something you'll be able to talk about with Bo. And even though, while statistically, He's had just as good of a career. I know it's only two seasons, so he's not going to be up there at the top of some of the career lists. Like he's going to have the most completion, the best completion percentage. He broke a bunch of records this year. The fact that he wasn't able to win on these big stages is going to be kind of that. I hate fair to say or not. It, it's not totally fair because yeah. as, as a quarterback at Oregon, he's going to end up being what, like 21 and six or something? 20. He lost uh, two games this season. Yeah, 21 and five. Yep. It's going to be 21 and five. That's awesome record. I bet you that puts you. That's be- I'm sure that's a better win percentage than just Justin. It's probably not as good as Marcus because Marcus was on some incredible teams. But that is going to be the differentiator when we have these big picture discussions here is those guys won conference championships. Those guys won the big bowl games. And maybe he'll surprise us. They'll play in right. the Fiesta Bowl. Maybe they'll beat Ohio State and it'll become this. We're just making up scenarios here. Right. The Bulls don't get decided for a couple of days. And maybe they'll sort of change the discussion. But point blank, he didn't win this big game. And it's not all on his shoulders, but – that's the way it's going to be talked about. Those are going to be the discussions, and it stinks because I love Bobo. We should note made an effort to go shake every single one of the hands of all the reporters who've covered him this season. He joked in the press conference that he wished somebody wouldn't have asked the question about if he'd play in the bowl game. I came up and apologized. He said, don't worry about it. Um, I'm happy you were the one to ask it. Something along those lines. It's very gracious. He had a smile on his face. He shared a couple really ex- long exchanges. We won't talk about what we heard said with, with both Kalen DeBoer, with Michael Penix. All of this stuff, I'm speaking of the finality now, but like he's such a first class human being, yes. and you just wish he would have been able to win this so you could add that onto his career. Because as much as I hate to say it, this is going to be kind of that sticking point in his resume, and he couldn't get it done tonight. And again, not all on him by any means, but when we have these conversations, that's the tenor of it. And people will point to the fact that, yeah, he couldn't win these big games in two seasons in a row. They've stubbed their toe at the very end of the season to the same team twice. Dan Lanning was very, very quick to shut down anyone trying to use injuries for this Oregon defense yeah. as an excuse um, for their lack of success. Jordan Birch went down in the first quarter early in the game. 
Um, I don't recall him playing much. I, I don't. If, I don't think at he, all. I don't think he came back. He had a big knee brace on his left yeah, side. Yeah, something happened there with him. He didn't play towards the end of the game. Kyrie Jackson was not playing um, because of an injury. He was limping around trying to play, and they eventually pulled him and I think put Bridges in. Um, Dante Manning started in place of Jalil Florence, and Washington picked on Tyshim Johnson did not play in this in the second half really either. Yep. Sorry, good going. Um, but that's another one that something happened and he just whether that's production or hurt, I think. Uh, injury. Yeah. Um, yes, he did because in the on that fumble that Brandon Dorless, I remember that he dove on the ball, recovered it, and took a hard hit. Um, Oregon Oregon was without guys, and I I I almost think it wouldn't have mattered. If if they had Florence in this game, if yeah. they had a Kyrie, a healthy would've Kyrie, helped. it would have helped. I hundred percent agree to that. But back to what the Washington players were talking about, they've won three in a row, and Oregon doesn't have much of a soapbox to stand on and say, "Well, if if and if," or "But but but and but." They don't have that anymore. Um, I I think Oregon is one of the best teams in the conference. I think Washington and their schemed offensively, for whatever reason. The last three times they've played Oregon has given the Ducks fits. And I don't think – like if if Dan Lanning hyper-focuses on something in the offseason, I think he's going to hyper-focus on these three games because they have they have torched Oregon safeties three games in a row now. Yeah. And whether it's a combination of just the stars aligning where they have a Heisman-caliber quarterback, which, by the way, after tonight, I think Michael Penix should win the Heisman. He's 13-0. And, I don't know if he will, but I, I would, I, he looked like a yes, Heisman Trophy winner tonight. I agree. Like, I'm, I'm saying I think he should. I don't know if he will. They're going to give it to a guy with three losses, yes, probably. Yes, but Penix should be the one that wins it. But when you have the perfect combination of the quarterback that they have, the receiving talent that they have, and now the development at the running back position, yeah, it's going to be. This a- is the only team that has given Oregon fits, and it's probably going to eat at them so hard this offseason because. They've basically dominated everybody else in conference this season. And it's one team that they can point to and say the reason we didn't get to the conference championship in 2020 in 2022 and the reason we didn't win the conference championship in 2023 is Washington. And that has to stick, and that should stick incredibly hard in this team's gut. Yeah, you know, but the funny thing is, Matt, I totally agree with all of that. Absolutely. How many guys for either of these teams are even going to be on the either team next year like oh, these right. rosters are going to look so different right like i'm just thinking of like going into the big 10 like i don't know like 50 percent of both team starters are probably not mm-hmm. returning and so like you're right and and the players that will return for oregon will 100 be extremely motivated next year to play that game which i can't remember the exact date but it's in it's in eugene i think right next mm-hmm. year um it's the last game of the year it's okay so, duh sorry brain fart moment there <laughs> final game that one of that is like around thanksgiving next year they'll be playing Washington in Seattle or in Eugene and and that'll be a big game we'll have all these talking points again but it's not going to be like the same guys and so some of that will be different and then I just had one last thought because you brought up that that Brandon Dorless looked like a forced fumble yeah turned out to be incomplete was that a sliding doors moment in the game like if, if Oregon does if that play the holds fumble, they win what do you think they win I, I think the momentum shifts you know I mentioned it to you um I, I think it happened before that that drive that they scored. Um, but Washington was playing incredibly tight, it felt like. Mm-hmm. They were trying not to make the mistake that that could have been to basically be the avalanche for Oregon to win this game. Um, 
we've seen the highlights of it. I don't know if it if it is or not, but a bunch of people have tweeted at me like the video of how it looks like the ball went backwards instead of forwards. And even if it was a pass, it should have been a fumble. Um, here nor that's there. Not how they, it works. That's not how, pass exactly. Anyway, so I don't know if that um, holds water. They went, you know, they lost, They gave up a touchdown after that, anyways. I think, and Oregon, you know, I think they win the game if if that play doesn't get overturned. But it did, and yeah. Back to what Washington's players have said. Like you can come up with any excuse now. It doesn't matter. They've won three in a row, and I I think. If you're if you're Oregon, it, it, you have to t- you have to stick your chin out and you you have to take it. Um, they've they you know it's not their fault, but the media and yeah. Vegas hyped this team up incredibly high going into this game in the last couple of weeks. Um, Oregon played into their cinematic recaps of uh, us versus them and uh, doing the the type of stuff. Sorry. Doing the type of stuff with the cinematic recaps where you know they play the nowhere to run, nowhere to hide type stuff. Well, guess what? This Washington team knows where to run. They know where to hide because they've got all the hiding spots, and you're the team that has to be dealing with that kind of mantra. You got to figure out a way to win, and for another year, you have to wait. Yeah, and just last last by the way, that was Stuart Mandel who walked <laughs> in, which was kind of fun. Um, big fan of his podcast. Doubt he kind of cares. Um, but no, I, I was just gonna say. I still hope people hold this year in reverence and appreciation for everything that happened and the dominance that was shown throughout. I'll run some, some stats and look at just where this stacks up statistically, probably in the next week or so. And then of course, after the bowl game, we'll take a further look, but like this was a really special year. And I think that's part of why it hurts so much is because this could have been, this is a point I made on the mailbag. Whenever we had the question, it was like seven different criteria of what would make a disappointing season or not, or like what would make it not a disappointing season? What would make it um, a successful season? And the reason I put this team and, and, and said they need to reach more benchmarks, maybe than you or Jared said, was just because it's so hard to get here. Yeah. It's so hard to get to a place where, where you can actually win everything. And Oregon's going to a new conference next year. It's not. I don't think it's going to get any easier. Twelve-team playoff would help. We should note if there was a twelve-team playoff, Oregon's in. Oregon would be in anyway, and they'd probably be like a seven or eight seed, something like that. Who knows what would happen? But you just don't know how 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 easy it's going to be to remaneuver through things and navigate a season in the Big Ten and make a run at a national championship. Dodge injuries to have a, yeah job, the super healthy season to have a quarterback as good as that to have a defense as dominant as that to have all these pieces like I'm really optimistic about what the future holds they've recruited so well I think they're going to knock it out of the ballpark in the portal this year I'm we're hearing a lot of positive things there's a lot of reason to be optimistic but I, I just hope people appreciate like this doesn't happen every year no. like there's a reason Oregon hasn't been to the college football playoff in a decade it takes a it, you Specials. have to have a special quarterback. Get Marcus Mariota last time, and it takes a really good defense. And this year's defense is probably better than that 14 teams defense statistically, at least. But it takes all these things aligning. And who knows? It might be Oregon might be back in the spot. They might hit the portal really well. They might be back in the spot next year for all we know. But it's also possible you're having to wait for two to three to four years to really give yourself a chance to play for something special again. And the fact that that was taken away, like it was by a rival for a third straight loss to that same team by three points. Like, again, fuck, that sucks. I mean, just imagine what it was like, how long it took Oregon to get back to this season after Herbert graduated. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly right. COVID season, 
happened, and Tyler, they won a championship with Tyler Shuck at QB, but it was very clear they were not an elite team. No. The next year, Anthony <laughs> – Showed up in the bowl game. Too. Yeah, the next the next year, Anthony Brown came in, and they had the win at Ohio State, and you know they looked like they were going to be a, a special team, but then they fell apart. And then Mario left, and things fell out from underneath them. And then last season with Bo, you know, they they were on track yet again to have that special season. And they lost two of their last three games of the regular season to not get to the college football play or not to not have a Pac-12 championship. They weren't in the playoff discussion at that point. But well, they would have been if they won their last sure, couple of games. That's true. So, you know, to your point, you're 100 percent right. Like so many things have to fall correctly for you to be in the position that Oregon was in going into tonight and to see it's one thing where if Oregon played an A plus game mm-hmm. and they lost and you just chalk it up and and just go look they played a per, they played a really good game they executed in all three phases they just lost that happens that's what Kenny Dillingham said after yeah. the ASU game he he told, he told his players that is a a good team even if we played our very best we would not have beaten them yeah. and that's not how you feel if you're Oregon tonight. And I think that's probably what makes it so frustrating and it feels so wasted is they had that team to be capable of having that special elite season, getting to the playoffs. And I don't want to say they wasted the opportunity, but the way that today's game played is just disappointing, is surprising, yeah. is shocking. Um, real quick, yeah, let's end it with this discussion. Um, Oregon goes to the bowl game. That's Fiesta Bowl. It's more than likely that's where the Fiesta Bowl. They probably play Texas, by the way, which is interesting. Yes. Think about that. That could be who they play. That could be really fun and really interesting. Um, Bo, does Bo play? Does Troy play? Does Bucky Uh, play? Um, Does Kyrie Jackson play? Does Brandon Dorless play? I I think uh, there's going to be a chunk of guys that don't play this game. I think the – the likelihood of especially the offensive players playing will come down to if Bo actually plays. I could see Bo being it's like – It's fair. And it's, not, it's not really fair, but he kind of dictates everyone else's I kind of think so. Of like, how are, the, how are we going to take this game? Because it, it could go – and we talked about this. It could go two different ways. It could go – everybody just says, hey, great year. Let's, and they have – and I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't be upset one bit. I get it. Fans would be, but I, yeah, I get I it. I understand. And, and they pack it in. They just say, hey, it was a great year. We're going to play our young guys. It's going to be Ty Thompson night. Let's see what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Kind of important to get a sense of that. He hasn't that would started be a game. monumental for the program it, to on, know what they have. Long term, it might actually be better, quote yes. unquote, just to get a sense of that. Um, but then there's also the possibility that, that Bo kind of pulls everybody and goes, you know what? He has this uh, – it's Leonardo DiCaprio moment <laughs> and uh, and says, I'm not leaving. And everybody rallies around it and you have a bunch of guys come back and play. And then maybe it's not going to be everybody because there's going to be a, people pulling agents are going to be pulling guys. Hey, go, I don't, don't play. Don't play. Don't play. But I, if Bo plays, I would think you'd get more guys to play than otherwise. But who, who knows? And again, I my sense really in a after asking the question, his final question, by the way, was like another three minute monologue. Yes. And he really kind of played out all of these things and, and, and talked about it. And then just the interactions we had, like I said, after the game with him, where he came through and shook everyone's hand, gave everybody a hug, thanked them for the coverage and whatnot. Like that led me to believe that it felt like there was some finality. So, but we'll see. I, I, we could be very wrong. I hope we are. It'd be really fun to watch Bo Nix play another game in an Oregon uniform. If that was his last game, it stinks because that was that was his worst game of the year. Yeah. His completion percentage for the first time was under 70. And we should note, like, 
worst game of the year did not imply he played terrible. Three touchdowns. His bar is just so it's high. So high. So um, I, if that was his last game, I've so enjoyed a covering him, speaking to him on a weekly basis. He's such a unique guy. He's by far, in my opinion, the most media friendly, most media savvy quarterback Oregon has had. He might be the most media savvy, most media friendly player Oregon has had in a very long time. My time covering the team. And he just he had a great year. He was really fun to watch. So I hope that wasn't the last game that we had we see with him in green and yellow. My guess is it is, though. It's going to do it for us here on this post-game edition of the Austin Audible's podcast. Coming up, though, uh, Monday, the transfer portal opens up. We're going to dive into that and kind of – there's stuff that's already happened. A player's already said he's going to go into the portal. Oregon's already been attached to certain players that have said they're going to go into the portal. We'll break all that stuff down on Monday – We'll also discuss where Oregon's going from a bowl game perspective. Uh, we'll also look ahead towards signing day and some recruiting, get you caught up on what's going on with recruiting. Yeah. They got a commitment today, a four-star commitment. Uh, they only so- get commitments on days of lose to Washington. <laughs> yes. Something happened in Seattle. Uh, so there's a lot of recruiting that's going to come next year, in the next couple of weeks here on the podcast. We'll dive into player de- decisions of going pro or, or not playing in the bowl game or transferring all of that coming up on the podcast in this coming week and beyond. But until then, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Thanks for listening.